Hello, everyone. It's Nathan Freeberg, and welcome back to the Leadership Vision Podcast, our show helping you build positive team culture. Our consulting firm has spent 25 years investing in teams so that people are mentally engaged and emotionally healthy. Today on the podcast, we are continuing on with our series of That's Just What Leaders Do, and Brian Schubring is here to tell us why leaders take small steps. Enjoy. What do leaders do? They take small steps. We all know that we rely on leaders to cast the vision and to inspire us in challenging times, even to come alongside of us and help us grow. But the extraordinary leaders are the ones that understand that time of needed inspiration is best utilized when it's broken down into small steps that all of us can be involved in ways that are unique to us. And we get that satisfaction of being involved in something much bigger because what the leaders do They inspire us to attain big vision, but they're able to break that vision down into small, attainable steps. Brian, I really like this idea of taking small steps because I think sometimes when we think about the best leaders, we think of that person who gives us this giant, wonderful dream, this this awe-inspiring thing that we couldn't figure out on our own. And sometimes we forget that a leader also has to help us <laughs> figure out how to get there. How do we get to the promised land? You know, mm-hmm. they can paint the picture of it, but how do we actually get there? I'm curious where this idea came from. I mean, I know it's not original uh, to you and people talk about this in different ways, but where, yeah. what inspired you to share this as part of our That's What Leaders Do series? Well, what inspired me was actually our recent trip to Maui. Uh, there was a night when we were in Maui where there was a really massive storm that came sweeping through. They had those like island-wide warnings of you know, extremely high winds, extremely high surf. And uh, we knew, and it, yep, it was a bad storm. Well, the next day, we went into the town of Lahaina for dinner, and we noticed that there were several of these yachts and sailboats that had, that within the storm, they had become detached from their mooring and were now all kind of like this, like mini shipwrecked on the reefs that are outside of Lahaina. And so, what inspired me was then over the next several days, uh, we kept our eye on this one small yacht. And as we're having dinner, we're all overlooking the marina or the harbor there in Lahaina. And we noticed this small yacht and we had this like small little dinghy kind of came up to this yacht and a bunch of people jumped out of it and started rummaging through um, the, the yacht. My first thought was this. Those were pirates. <laughs> These were people that were going out of the boat stealing. and stealing everything. And what I didn't know is that the owners of this small yacht had the vision of, you know, we need, we need to get this yacht into the harbor to get it repaired. And so the first step they were taking was making the yacht lighter by taking off all the things that, that they could take off. Well, the yacht didn't move that night. Over the next several nights, we watched the progress of this yacht. They floated it one night or during one day, and they moved it a little closer only to get hung up on another reef. And you can see where this is going. They they inflated it, the, the little buoys again, moved it a second time. They moved it a third time against the, the shore wall. And eventually, they got the yacht into the harbor. And I thought, you know what? That's sticking to a vision. 
<laughs> even though, you know, it went from one reef to another reef to another reef, even though the buoyed inflation systems to float the thing didn't work like they planned, they stuck to the vision. They got that yacht into the harbor. And I thought that's a great leadership lesson of what mm -hmm. it means to not only have a vision, but then also adapt every time you think something's going right and something goes wrong. You adapt to something new. You break things down into small steps. You recruit more help and you eventually attain the goal. You would never have imagined it might have taken all that effort at the beginning. But in the end, you realize it took a lot more than you thought, but you still got what you wanted. And that is why I thought would illustrate what the leaders do. They break things down into small steps. Yeah, I like what you have here in the notes. Like leaders create space to dream. Oh, yeah. They cast that vision. They create that space. But then they also have to figure out uh, how to get there with the people that you've worked with, the executives that you've coached, the teams that you've worked with. How often would you say that a leader's biggest downfall or struggle or um, demise might be too hmm. strong of a word is a leader's inability to break things down to get to that vision? That's a great question, Nathan. Um, that's a really great question. I wish I'd wrote that down. I feel better about it. Um, we, got, we got it recorded. What I've realized is this. Many of the executives and senior leaders that we've worked with, they have more of a specific focus on leading of the organization or leading people towards those goals. They also have the ability to break things down into smaller attainable steps, but they don't necessarily consider that first, second, or third. That usually comes later on, even mm -hmm. as I'm talking to them, that there's this need to break the objective or to break the vision down. They know how to do it, but they often mm -hmm. forget it right away because of other urgent matters. But that's the thing that I, I find that's maybe not surprising to me is that extraordinary leaders, like those great leaders that we work with, they have the ability to break things down because they were actually in the positions that they're now leading because they know what it takes. They know the resources that are available. They know the challenge and some of the really unique leaders that we're working with. They also understand the emotional challenges that younger leaders are facing in taking these risks, even though they're broken down into smaller pieces. That makes sense. Do you ever run into leaders that they can only do the small steps and they can't cast that big vision? Or do people yep. who can't cast that big vision never get into those type of leadership roles? Nathan, I'm sure you've worked with people that they're really great at implementing. Right. They're great at the organization. Um, they're, they're great at execution. There are several names that are coming to my mind of people that fall into this category, but uh -huh. for the life of them, you know, they, they don't do the dreaming. Um, that's right. not where their life comes from. Their life mm -hmm. comes from the fulfillment of that. I'm thinking of one person, uh, that we're working with in a team engagement series and, and he was resolute because by saying, I'm not the vision guy. And many people looked to him for vision and they were so frustrated with him because mm -hmm. he just wouldn't be the one that had the inspiring vision. And he just said to them, Hey guys, you know, I just looked to what's around me. I'm not looking down the road. Hmm. That's not what I'm gifted at. I rely sure. on others to give me the vision, but I'm, I'm the one that's going to help you make it happen. Well then, so then this is an interesting question. So the best leaders cast a vision and they take the small steps. Could another uh, brand of a leader, another, another style of a leader be what you just said of someone who is very well aware of this is what I'm good at. And I'm going to surround myself with, hmm 
visionaries or implementers or kind of whatever they need, but they're still going to be in that top leadership position. Oh, yeah. Um, we often find that those types of partnerships, they do exist. It's hard for me to even think of some of the leaders that we're working with that don't have a trusted partner that's mm -hmm. with them right alongside of them that are helping to execute on what's happening. Sometimes uh, we find that the primary drivers of the vision are not the executive leaders. It's the person on the right or the left of that mm -hmm. person that may be, you know, in a more supporting role or someone that reports up to the executive. Linda was just having a conversation this morning that we're debriefing down here in our office. And she was saying that this woman is driving change, even though, you know, she's maybe mm. two or three layers from the top, but her role is truly in the execution of the organizational vision. And a key thing here is her ability to break things down results in her having a greater understanding of the likelihood of the vision being achieved because of where she's at, because she's in the place where she's actually trying to make things happen. She's more in touch with individuals who either can or cannot achieve the vision. So sometimes mm -hmm. it's people like that that have a greater sense of what it actually takes to move the vision along. Right, right. Because Nathan, small. here's something else just between you and I. Yeah. I doubt the yacht owner understood how many little leapfrogs <laughs> he or she had to take to get into the harbor. Right. They didn't have that level of knowledge. No. <laughs> they just thought, I need to get my boat over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we probably both have examples of either needing work done on a house or a car or, you know, an addition or something. It's like, yeah. here's the vision of I want to have happen. And then the contractor or the mechanic or the person with all the skills comes in and says, well, here's all the little steps to get there. And you're like, yeah. I can't see any sort of no, no. Uh, clear path through this. And then all of a sudden, poof, you've got a brand new office above your garage. I don't uh, think your office above the garage had any poof involved I mean, in the creation. Of it was like, here's was what no we want to see. And then 14 months later, poof, that's it was, what I was just gonna there. Say, there's no, <laughs> that's process. That is a different story. So Brian, what does this look like practically? I'm curious how you would, again, this is somewhat generic because we don't know exactly what big vision we're trying to implement, but what advice would you give to a leader who has his big vision to reach you know, a million users to, you know, earn a million dollars to hire a team of a million, like whatever it is, that big fun, one million number. Uh, how do you take small steps? How do you begin to do that? Or how do you hand that off? Or, or what does that look like? I'm just, I'm curious for like maybe a practical, I guess I'm asking you for some small steps on how you help other people understand and know their small steps. Well, I think a great example um, is in that visionary leader who's planning a year, three or five years out. And that leader has a method of how it is that they're going to execute on that year, three year or five year vision. And they realize that they need to break that goal down into perhaps a quarter that is leading up to a year, like first, second or third quarter. They may know that they have monthly goals and even weekly goals. And there are some leaders that are, are doing very specific goal setting with individuals. Uh, we're working with a team now and they have quarterly objectives. They have quarterly meetings. And so every quarter they go through that and pretty much in the three months that's in between each quarterly business review the team is on, on their own. And then we also work with teams that are exactly the opposite. So by breaking it down, you're looking at what 
is the vision and how much time is that vision covering? And then if, mm. then you look at that amount of time the vision's covering, then what are the logical time frames that you can break that vision down? And by logical, I mean, what would your team understand? What would the members of, of your team understand that makes sense to them on how to break it down? And then from there, well, can you break it down one more step? Mm. I, I think it's in in that. When it gets down to maybe that monthly goal, that's what people can actually get their minds wrapped around. Um, we work with a large client here in Minneapolis and they were resolute on those monthly goals. And every month they adapted, every single month. That way, managers and team leaders can break that vision down into weekly goals. And that is, I think, easier to manage. Mm-hmm. And I know, Nathan, hmm. one of the things that that we do or the things that we wrestle with is like, how do we break things down into what's going to happen this week? And then what's going to happen in our um, L10 meeting on the next Monday? And so we're trying to work with what can we accomplish in a week. So I think it's contextualized to right. the specific um, group that you're working with. But what leaders do is they understand that the vision needs to be broken down into a timeline that makes sense. And that timeline is then broken down into what a team can actually pursue. And that could be week or monthly goals. Hmm. So it sounds like the first step is is using time. So you mm-hmm. have this big goal of a million whatever. <laughs> and okay, well, what's a million broken down into quarters? Or I get, you know, if it's a five-year goal, what is that into one year? What is it in a quarters and month? I like that because, you know, like my favorite quote that you guys thought I made up and were laughing at me about, but it's actually from <laughs> Bishop Desmond Tutu, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And it's that idea of just, you have this giant goal. Okay, let's break it down into small steps. So then once you have those time-bound mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, mini or sub goals, then you can start thinking about, okay, well, so to reach that big number, what do I need to do today uh, to hit that much smaller number? And then that seems much more attainable as well. It's not only more attainable, but to understand human behavior, it's also more motivating to the individual because neurologically, you know, they're getting this little, like this boost of euphoria every time Mm -hmm. that they're able to accomplish something and if you're motivating individuals to accomplish something individually they're not they're not only feeling that sensation for themselves but when that goal is then embedded within a team you have this collective sense of achievement as well and so you're not only mm-hmm. improving a person's sense of accomplishment but you're also creating a deeper sense of connection within the team and that's why right. i believe that it's it's so important for leaders to understand the need to break things down, not only to help them understand where there needs to be more clarity or adjustment, but so that the team can feel a greater sense of belonging and, and connection. Because part of what leaders do is they're providing for people's needs too. And by mm-hmm. breaking things down and taking smaller steps, you're actually creating a greater opportunity for team members to bond together right. to better understand what is needed so that we can actually accomplish the goal. Because any goal that we've ever accomplished is informed and achieved by many people, many different sight lines, mm-hmm. and many hands on the project. Well, that's, uh, yes, that's a good point. And that's interesting. And it makes me think of, are you familiar with Ernest Shackleton and going to the South Pole this is going to be a great analogy. I think... Well, I'm embarrassed about that one because <laughs> Ernest Shackleton 
this is going to be really weird. <laughs> but Ernest great, Shackleton. Great grandmother. No, we're not related. <laughs> but I didn't grow up as a reader. Um, reading yeah. was not something okay. that I ever took to. And one of the first books that I actually read in high school. Now, again, no judgment. I somehow got to be like an 11th or 12th grader without having to read much. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I know there, there's a wow there. But the first book that I actually read from cover to cover was a book um, about Shackleton. That's hilarious. Well, then, so you may know the story. I think I first heard of it in Jim Collins' Good to Great, but it was this <laughs> idea of the 20-mile march. And so oh, yeah. every yeah. day they would do 20 miles. So the weather was great. They would stop at 20 miles. The weather was terrible. They would just, you know, try to get to 20 miles. And, and and it's also comparing to, I forget the name of the other expedition who basically didn't do that. But so every day there was this collective like, okay, guys, we just have to do 20 miles. I forget the total journey. It was a lot. And then there was a celebration of we made it. We got our 20 miles. And there's this collective like sense of accomplishment and, uh, you know, celebration and all that, that they, you know, experts say, you know, really motivated. And so if leaders can, again, giant goal, break it up into small steps and celebrate all those little wins along the way, I think that's another great example of taking small steps, not just in a- achieving the goals, but small steps towards building a more cohesive, healthy uh, team that is uh, not only focused on this giant goal that they may not see for five, 10 years, but wow, we accomplished this little step, which all adds up to this giant thing that we're trying to do here. So yeah, what's um, important yeah. there is the mindful attentiveness right, to right. not achieve more, but right. to enjoy the rest. Yeah. Because I, I know that there are many people that think, well, hey, we finished early, let's do more. Because right. that... That'll burn you, know, you out. <laughs> well, yeah, that would lead to burnout. Um, yeah. And then it would also lead to uh, many other things. You know, we, we had a trip last week and I created like this massive punch list of things I need to get done. Mm. And I wanted to finish it by the end of this certain day. Well, I finished it by like 11 a.m. <laughs> and for a moment, I was proud of myself. So I had broken down my entire like to do. Mm-hmm. I did it all. It was early in the day and I immediately started another list. Like, oh right. my God, I got so much more time. Instead of packing, so yeah. <laughs> which was the whole point of getting yeah. this done. Um, but I, again, when leaders are taking the small steps, they're more mindful of the process. When leaders right. are taking small steps, they can be more aligned or aware of the individuals that are truly taking to the idea. They can be aware of the people that are helping each other and the different roles people are are playing. And by taking small steps, leaders are also able to practice their adaptive capacities and navigating to determine what's needed, if there's time for coasting and resting, for rejuvenation, or if there really is time for them to step in for some motivation and inspiration when necessary. I just think that there are so many benefits to the leader and to the team members when we slow things down, we take small steps, and we're not afraid to break things down and to hand these off to other people. Well, Brian, thank you very much. Thank you, Nathan. 
And thank you for listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, sharing our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, Click the link in the show notes or visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. And if you found value from this podcast or any of our other online resources, we'd really appreciate it if you could either leave us a review in iTunes or Spotify, subscribe to our email newsletter, go follow us on social media, or just connect with us in some way. But what's even more important to us is that you share this information with someone else that you think might find value in going deeper in their strengths, the strengths of their team, or the strengths of their organization. I'm Nathan Freeberg. And I am Brian Schubring. And on behalf of our entire team, thanks thanks for for listening. listening.